Hey, my friends, welcome to another episode of Real Live Talk. My name is Duke Lamastra. I'm your host. Thanks so much for taking the time to check out this episode. I pray that the content blesses you, challenges you, makes you think, or somehow adds some value to your day. Uh, if it does, or even if it doesn't, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me online through my website, simplepowermedia.com. You'll also find some cool resources there to help you continue to grow and uh, just go deeper with the Lord, particularly in the areas of intimacy, identity, and uh, experiencing God's presence and power in daily life. That's kind of what that website is kind of bent toward. But uh, you can also contact me through any of the social media platforms where we may or may not be connected. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, if the content does bless you, if you would consider subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review and just partnering with me in that way, that will help to make sure that this content gets in front of more and more people and the channel continues to grow. So thanks so much for any of that, all of that. You guys are amazing. Let me tell you about my guest for this episode. I sat down again with a good friend of mine, Amy Davison, who is a writer and a apologist for Mama Bear Apologetics. I would add that I think she is a excellent uh, teacher and she really helps us to think more critically and uh, to engage with some of the topics that can be a little bit uh, quote-unquote taboo or that we don't often find super easy to engage with and it's super important. So in this conversation we actually had an idea of where we wanted to go. We ended up taking a complete deviation from that and didn't even touch it for a moment. So that's okay. We'll come back to it later on. But what we did talk about, I felt like was um, really, really on point for this episode. And uh, we talked about a couple different things. We talked about fostering identity and self-esteem, or in other words, helping particularly our kids and young people and those whose lives we're pouring into to foster identity and self-esteem to help people, particularly, again, young people, to think critically how we can equip our kids and those that we're discipling and mentoring to really engage with culture and to make godly choices, but from a foundation of a belief and a value system that is centered on the Word of God and a biblical worldview. Um, so yeah, I think that there's definitely stuff in this conversation for everybody. Again, I thank you so much for being here. Uh, please show some love on one of the podcast platforms by subscribing or leaving a review. That would be amazing. And make sure you check out the resources that are available through Mama Bear Apologetics as well. There's a couple of books that I really highly recommend. Mama Bear Apologetics is the first book. And then Mama Bear Apologetics Guide to Sexuality. Uh, both of those books are really incredible resources for raising kids and for raising a family, discipling a family together in the Lord and growing together um, with a biblical understanding of worldview. So check those things out. There's links in the show notes. Again, thanks for being here. Now, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Amy Davison. Yeah, it was great to see you, Amy. How are you? And just, you know, how's life? Is there anything new in the world of Mama Bear apologetics that uh, I don't know about or any anything going on? You know, we're just trucking along. Um, we are, there's another book in the works that's uh, that's exciting. It's coming out. And this one's different from the other two. Uh, Hillary's working on this one. This one's a book of prayers. So it's, it's a lot of fun. We've got that coming out. We've got the study guide to the sexuality book coming out in September. And this fall has just sort of exploded with, uh, with speaking events. So before it was, you know, we travel here and there uh, now and then. And yeah, this year it's, it's like my September and October, pretty much every weekend except for one, it, I'm going somewhere. So I'm going to become very proficient navigating airports. <laughs> so that's exciting. <laughs> but um, that's what nice. we've got. 
And that's what we've got going on. And gosh, just this past week was really fun because I got to go and speak at a, it was kind of like a leadership camp. It's a great ministry here in Texas. It's called Dolls, Daughters of Our Living Lord and Savior. And this ministry is really cool because it's actually a, a mentoring program to where they take junior high and high school girls who are Christians and who are leaders within their, their uh, sort of little communities at high school and disciples them with theology, philosophy, wow. apologetics. It's fantastic. And then that way, these girls can go and be leaders in their schools and help uh, nurture and bring up the younger classmen and everything. So they had a sort of leadership camp this past weekend. So I'm a huge summer camp kid. Like I watched Parent Trap and I wanted just to always be at summer camp every summer. And so to be able to go to a girls camp and to actually speak to them, I, I spoke to them on, yeah. on sexuality and to, to go to this great Christian camp that is there for girls to help build them up to be leaders was so cool. So that's how I spent my wow. my Friday was was going to a camp and I'm like, oh, I should have been here the whole week. This would have been so much fun. It would have gone down this crazy slide that they had there. I mean, it would have been awesome. <laughs> uh, what um, was it? Is it junior high and high school or what are the age groups there? Yeah, it's junior high and high school. So uh, it's really neat because they will even have kids who have gone off to college and they'll come back and they'll be leaders within that. So they're they're help uh, ministering to the high schoolers who are now coming up as leaders. And then you've got the junior high kiddos who uh, who are getting, you know, really just robust foundations being built. Mm. And, and so it was it was talk about the topic of sexuality, especially to the ranging the, those different age groups, because uh, with like the sixth and seventh graders, they were just super embarrassed. I think both of them just stared at their shoes the whole time. It was great. Uh, but then the high schoolers, the high schoolers, man, they were taking notes and asking questions. And so it's neat to see how, you know, OK, it might feel a little awkward in middle school, but by high school, they know they're right in the in the throes of this mm, battlefield. And they want yeah. to know, how do I follow Jesus? How do I stand firm uh, in him? And how do I minister lovingly to my friends? Uh, because they all have friends who are struggling or asking questions and they they want to debunk this sort of worldly caricature that Christians are just these hateful bigots who are just there to destroy you and be mean and no they they want to show them that that's that's not who Jesus is and that's not who you're mm. going to see in me and so that it was it was really neat to to see that and to see there was one girl afterward that came uh that came out and she was like oh it's it's so awesome when you actually look at, at why God designed sex and the purpose behind it and mm. how it nurtures wow. the family she goes God loves us so much. She was like, I didn't realize that before, but when you look at how he designed this, you just see how beautiful this is and how God loves us throughout this design. And I'm like, yes, you see it. I mean, those are, that's, I mean, that's, that's awesome. So it was, it was really neat. Oh, that's incredible. That's incredible. There's so much there. there. There's, it's, it's so amazing what happens when you get to the, the why behind the what, you know? Um, yeah. I, I think that, just in everything in every area of life you know we uh, i i feel like we can really err in the church sometimes on and particularly in the generation that you and i grew up in um but i i'm i i think still today as well but in kind of air in in just like telling people telling kids even adults too but more you know telling kids like what what not to do but yeah. not really giving them the the why behind it and helping mm -hmm. them develop a value system around you know anytime that you help somebody develop a value system around why we're not doing something rather than just like oh we just don't do this because we're christians well okay but yeah. why it's like well because the bible says this like okay but why like why does the mm -hmm. bible say that and the bible 
um, is if we if we dig into it, the Bible gives us the reasons why. But mm -hmm. so often I think that, you know, we'll keep things to surface level. And if we don't help somebody develop a value system around what we do or what we don't do or whatever, or I don't even if I'm if I'm framing that correctly, value system, more like value system as a foundation for the things that we do or or don't do in life. Um, it, it having that value system in place really um, is ultimately when the when the when the pressure comes when the when those moments come and and you know you're talking about teenage girls in the situation who are kind of you know thrown into this world where it's like everybody's talking about it and it's in front of them and there's yeah. just all kinds of things and there's going to be temptation and there's going to be all kinds of things when you don't have a value system as the the foundation for why you choose to do what you do or don't do it's really easy to just kind of fall prey to you know, whatever's kind of going on, you know, just kind of being swayed with the wind one way or the other. Yeah. It, um, really seeing the purpose of that design helps inspire reverence because if you don't see the purpose, if there's no answer to that, why question, then kids are like, eh, you know, why do I care? So, and, and I mean, we all remember back in the days that we oftentimes when kids are told no, with no justification offered behind it, they're like, well, pff, I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah, you know, it's almost yeah. a challenge. It's like, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. Cool. I'm now I'm going to go do it. But when you yeah. can, when you can show there's purpose and, uh, you know, there's consequences, both good and bad toward decision-making and, and helping them understand what's behind it. Uh, then they're like, oh my gosh, this makes sense now. Now mm. I understand why waiting yes. is what we're called to do and why in Song of Solomon it says, do not wait, awaken love until it chooses. Oh, this makes so much more sense now. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's great. And it's awesome when you can see the younger generation picking up on that because right now, yeah. just how our culture is, I mean, they're, they're focused on the next generation because again, that's, that's how you make change, right? It's not necessarily trying to change the adults. It's the next generation. So if we can mm. equip them to stand firm for Christ, you know, we can, we can take comfort in knowing that our, our future is going to have leaders in it that are kneeling at the cross. And that's what we need. Well, well, uh, I just went somewhere in my mind. I I, I think this connects. I, I had a, uh, a do, do, <laughs> even do, if it doesn't. Do, oh well. I'm sorry. My I was telling you. I was telling you where where I'm at in life right now, in the middle of like yeah. moving and all this kind of stuff that's going on, and my brain's a little bit scattered. I think so. I apologize. But I uh, do. You, do you know who uh, Gary V is? Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't. So he's kind of like this. Um, uh, what? How would you define him? He's 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 definitely a businessman. He's an entrepreneur. Mm. He's like one of he's incredibly active on like every single social media platform. He's really good at kind of predicting trends and getting you know in front of trends and things like that. And uh, but he's also very motivational. And uh, he's not a uh, as far as I know he's not a believer. I think well I think he believes in God, but I don't think he's a mm. uh, he's a Christian. He I, I know he cusses a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but he's from New Jersey and you know. anyway, <laughs> it's like those uh, shirts. I believe in Jesus, but I cuss a little. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, but he's he, so many of his insights and the way that he speaks, he's, he's just full of compassion and love for people. And it's really, really cool to see him interacting with, with people. But anyway, he had this one, this, this mother of, uh, I think she said a nine-year-old girl, um, came, came up to him and she said, how do I protect my nine-year-old daughter? from social media like how do mm. i like how do i help like what do i do and he was like well 
there's there's two ways that you can do it. He said, one is don't let her have social media. And he mm -hmm. said, now, I understand that that's probably difficult because all of her friends are on it. She's going to be wondering what she's missing out on, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, I personally think that nine is too young for social media. Um, right. I, I, I think that's actually way too young for social media, in my opinion. But mm -hmm. I know that there's kids, you know, lots of kids that age that are on it and and whatever. So it's kind of hard to put the genie back in the bottle once it's out, so to speak, like, um, in, you know, some parents find that that very uh, difficult and challenging once they've allowed their child to start being on social media, and then to try to go back and take it away. I think it can definitely be regular. Anyway, that's not the point of the discussion. I want to get to what he said. So he says, um, the other thing that that you can do, and he's like, and he's and he's like, I want you to know, I, this is this is what I think about 100% of the time, because I have um, you know, teenage kids at home as well. And he said, he said, build her self-esteem. Yeah. And I said, wow, like that is huge. And then he explained why he said, when you have a, when, when you are strong in here, you're not going to fall prey to what's going on out here. Yeah. And, and, uh, that's a paraphrase for sure. But I think that it fits a lot with, um, you know, what what you're talking about and with a lot of the the conversations and things like that that we've had in the past as well, uh, where, you know, we're and, and even just overall the work that you all are doing with Mama Bear Apologetics to to strengthen um, the belief system of our young people, you know, mm -hmm. um, raising up sons and daughters in the Lord who are. Uh, equipped to face the battles that are inevitably going to come their way rather than taking an approach that says like let's just pretend it's not going to happen and right. so building building self-esteem from a biblical perspective from a biblical worldview that says um you are you know amazing in the eyes of the god that created you because he loves you he designed you with purpose he has this for you and to build those foundations of the truth of god's word that says, you know what, like sex and sexuality, for example, like these things are not off limits. Um, they're actually designed by God, but they're designed by God for a specific purpose and within a specific context that's going to bring incredible value to your life. And it's really beautiful within that context and, and just kind of, you know, fostering that that belief system and fostering and building that strength um, within our young people, particularly that that prepares them to have that that strength that when those challenges and issues and when the peer pressure and when like all my friends are doing it and when this and that happens that they're now coming from a place of strength that says no I don't have to do this just because everybody else is doing it because I can actually respond in a different way because this is who I am and yeah. when we know who we are and we can respond to the different conflicts and challenges and peer pressures and struggles and things that are going on when we can respond from a place of knowing who we are and where our identity comes from then uh we're just so much better equipped to make make those decisions to make the right decisions when the time comes yeah no absolutely preach you're you and i are on the exact same page i i too agree that that nine is is just too young um for for social media because there there's no way to regulate it effectively mm -hmm. i mean there are there are programs in place like I, I i like bark it it works out really well it it filters it it 
is right up on culture to where it will flag different euphemisms that have become popular that signal bullying, grooming, uh, suicidal thoughts mm, and behaviors, yeah, you know, yeah. all of these things. Uh, so it's great, but it's not infallible. Right. And I sure. mean, that's just the, that's just the nature of being in this world. So I love his advice because it's both, um, it's both proactive and reactive. So there's a great podcaster. His name is Jason Whitlock. And I, I really enjoy uh, his podcast, full disclosure. If you listen to them, they are a bit quote unquote raw at times, but he, he provides really great insight. And one thing he challenges is this concept of fearlessness. And to be fearless means that it, when you fear God, you don't fear anything else. Like you don't fear man, mm. you don't fear what's coming up on yeah. social media, Twitter. And so like what you were saying, Duke, is when we have our proper foundation built upon God, then our desires maybe to compete within uh, society around us decrease a little. And that's that's tough, mm. especially for teens, right? And girls especially. Yeah. It It is a competition. Like when girls are together, it, you know, sizing each other up. Okay, who looks pretty? Who, you know, all of these things. And that pressure on girls is from a very, very young age. I mean, it's even built into the toys that they, that are marketed towards young girls are these sure. hypersexualized, suggestive dolls and that sort to where girls from a very young age are being taught, okay, if I behave in this way and I look in this way, then I'm going to be more popular. I'm going to have more friends. The guys are going to like me. But if we have this foundation in Christ and we say, no, no, you are beautiful in and of your, you don't have to dress like this or act like uh, what you're seeing on these music videos yeah, and that sort of yeah. thing to have value and worth, then our girls are, are in a much better place uh, to be able to counteract the world. Now, again, yeah. you know, there's temptations and there's a lot of social pressure for compromise. So that's where it's like, okay, we need that foundation. We also need to have people around us, uh, not only our kids' age, but older that can pour into them. I mean, gosh, if you can find a high schooler or a young college kid who is on fire for Christ, who can pour into your kids, you have found solid gold. Mm. Um, and that's what we that's what we need our kiddos is to one, strive for Christ first, to recognize the lies of the enemy. And that's going to come through their phones. It's going to come through social media, through their friends of, oh, you need to do this or go out with this guy or dress in this way. You know, those are yeah. lies. No, you don't have to do those yeah. things to be valuable. Mm -hmm. And if somebody doesn't want to talk to you or hang out with you uh, or when you get to the age of dating, if they don't want to date you because you have drawn a line in the sand of, no, I'm sorry, we're not doing physical intimacy. then you know what? It's not worth it. And God has better things for you. So when we have that foundation for Christ, it helps us be more effective in uh, when the assaults of the enemy come. And so that's what's so important. Social media, we can't keep it out of our kids' hands. I mean, if, if they don't have phones, it's their friends do. And when they go over to their friend's house or if they're you know, on the bus to volleyball or softball or basketball, whatever, somebody's always got a phone. So they're going to be seeing it. So it's about preparing our kids for what are they going to see? How do I take that information and process it best? And uh, always pull it back to, okay, but what does God say about this? Who does God mm. say that I am? because they're going to feel insecure. They're going to see people who are highly filtered, who have this amazing highlights reel on Instagram or TikTok or whatever to where they look like they have the most glamorous, amazing thing. And no, 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 that's not reality. What's reality yes. is found in the word of God. And that's what we need our kiddos to understand because social media is powerful. Um, just watch The Social Dilemma. I think it's on Netflix uh, to, to really see how powerful it is. So those are just some practical ways we can help our kiddos to be able just to deal with social media well because it's always going to be a part of culture now. So we have to know how do we interact with it as Christians. Mm. I was thinking about uh, 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. And, and how, you know, they were, they were forced into this, you know, to serve in the Babylonian empire, to serve mm. in the king's palace. Um, they were uh, basically, they, I, you know, you could call them slaves or servants or whatever. They were not forced into manual hard labor because they were so intelligent and good looking yeah. and they had knowledge and wisdom and understanding and all of that. And so they were selected to, to uh, become eunuchs and to serve the the state with their lives because of all of the natural qualifications that they had and stuff like that. And so they weren't doing hard labor, but they were serving in this Babylonian empire. And then when their, you know, their, their, they, their names were taken away from them, they were taken from yeah. their home, taken from their family, taken from, you know, how they grew up and all of that stuff that the idea that they had for for their life and for their future, which of course looked really, really bright and promising because of all of the qualifications and, and how good they were. They were the best of the best in terms of their, their peer group, right? And mm -hmm. so they're taken from all of that and they're put into this other place where they're serving a, a you know, a, a nation and a king that doesn't observe their God um, and their names are taken away from them. And just like everything is, is it's just upheaval in every sense of the word. And, um, in the midst of that, there there comes a time where they're compelled to bow down before this idol, before this statue that was erected of the king, and they're told if you don't do it, we're gonna you're gonna be killed. We're gonna put you to death. Yeah. And we're gonna throw you in the furnace. And it's it's so cool to me. It's just one of the the most fascinating pictures of biblical identity because in the midst of all of that, when yeah. everything was out of the way, when like there was no parental figures there to to keep them in line they they weren't they didn't have any kind of a a societal structure that said this is what's right this is what you have to do their spiritual leaders were not there anymore like there was nobody there compelling them to do the right thing but they were so convinced of who they were they were so convinced of their identity in god and who god was that they just refuse to give into that, even when faced with life and death. And yeah. so that kind of understanding of, of identity and who you are and you know who you belong to and your purpose and all of that is is really possible, you know? And and mm -hmm. that's something that you know that we can yeah. instill into the lives of 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 people well again i mean adults need this too right <laughs> but it's but it's amazing you know when you think about all of the pressures that a a kid a teenager is faced with today and not having the added benefit of a fully developed frontal lobe and mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff that adults have and to be thrust into situations where it's just presented from so many different angles as so normal to just give in to temptation, you know, to yeah. just go with the flow, to go with the crowd, to do with, to do, you know, whatever makes you feel good. And, and that kind of thing that's really become an ideology. Um, and it's like, you know, what we're talking about as far as a, living from a biblical worldview is, can be touted as, a, as oppressive or suppressive, you know what I mean? Mm. In, in a lot of contexts. And so just that that ability to to stand firm 
for who you are and for what you believe um, as obviously something that we need to continue to instill and teach um, in to our young people. And uh, so, I mean, you, you just mentioned some really cool things and some practical things a minute ago, but is there anything else that you would just kind of add specifically to that as far as how we can can how we can foster that kind of self-image and build that self-esteem that again self-esteem not not on the basis of like oh you're so great just because but on the basis of this is who god designed you and made you to be yeah i think open conversations are are just a great way to start um, they've done studies to where they've found that parents who are are watching shows, and, and we've talked about this before, if you're watching a movie with your kiddo and the character is making a questionable decision, or they're having these, these thoughts that are maybe counter scripture or in counter reality, you know, pause it and ask your kiddos, okay, look, this person's going through their, if you were friend, what would you say? What does scripture say? It's these practical training moments that we do with our kiddos that helps equip them to be effective um, outside of our own homes. And that's what's so great about the story you referenced. I mean, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they were, they had these great discipleship as they were kiddos. And then they were thrown into the most intensive indoctrination camp mm, that they could yeah. have possibly been through. And yet they, they still stood firm, even throughout that. They, they were gracious. They conceded on points that, you know, did not affect their faith, but then they stood well, firm when they need to. And that came from just this practical engagement that they had. Because here, you know, if you look uh, earlier in scripture, like in Deuteronomy, you see how the Israelites fell away and they didn't have the pressure that mm. uh, when Jerusalem was taken over, they didn't have this invading force. No, they compromised just because they weren't equipped. Um, yeah, and yeah. whereas, you know, with Daniel, they had this great training. And then when they were thrown into the midst of the world, then they were able to even stand firm, interact. They were able to read counter materials. Cause I mean, for three years, these guys were educated on Babylonian religion, politics, philosophy. They were able to take all of that in. I yeah. mean, that'd be like taking your kid from Christian school and chucking them in Berkeley and, you know, they're right. still coming out, you know, uh, coming out strong at the end of that, that graduation. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what we should strive for. So great things to do mm. is, is allow your kids to interact with situations within the safety of your home where you can discuss, where they can maybe make some fumbles here and there and, and discuss. Mm -hmm. So um, we do this with our kiddos. Uh, I know it does challenge parents because, you know, this means that you have to watch something other than VeggieTales and Bluey. You know, you have to, you have to watch shows that might seem... Um, that might be like, oh, this person's making a bad decision, yeah. uh, but it's okay because we want to be able to discuss and interact. And you can even do this with Marvel movies, um, just regular TV shows, and then asking them how their friends are doing. What are their friends going uh, going through? What does scripture say about this? How do we know this is false? Um, and looking up their music lyrics. Again, we've said that before too, to where that is, that is huge. Most kids love a, yeah. a great beat. They'll hear the lyrics, but they won't really understand what those are yep. saying. And so, I mean, gosh, if you're looking for a way to talk to your kids, ask them, hey, what's your favorite song right now that you just love listening to? And then, you know what, Google the lyrics on it and then That's discuss. So, so it's, so it's an easy way to do that because what we want to do is we want our kids to leave our, the nest knowing how to do research how to engage gracefully with others that share an alternative world. And we want them to be able to recognize when something false is being told to them and to be able to, mm. uh, to discern truth in that. So, and they do that just through practical engagement within the home. Yeah. So good. Let's be honest though. Bluey is, is a pretty amazing show, right? Oh my gosh. Isn't it great? Like <laughs> so all good. of my kids are older and we sit up and we binge watch Bluey. We got, we got to a, a friend of my husband's at work. 
he has little ones and he goes, you got to watch the show Bluey. It's hilarious. And we're like, okay, fine. You know, my youngest is 10. So we're, we're out of the Bluey stage, but we're all dying laughing watching mm -hmm. Bluey. So yeah, there, there are days where it's like, oh man, has everybody had a rough day? Cool. Let's flip on some Bluey for a few mm -hmm. episodes. We'll laugh. It's a sweet, sweet show. That one is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The, the characters are amazing. I love the dad. He's so cool. Oh my gosh. He is so funny. Like, gosh, there was one episode where I think they were shopping at the grocery store and he was put in time out because he was supposed to be the kid. And the, the guy walks up to him and he's like, can I help you, sir? And he goes, I wish you could, mate. And it's just like, yes. <laughs> it's so good. What's funny though, did you know that there's an episode of Bluey that's banned in the US because uh, I think it's Bluey or the mom. All they say is the world is crazy. That's it. And they really? will not, yeah, they won't let that line be played in the U.S. And I, wow. I thought that was really interesting. I was like, huh, you know, why, why is that so, uh, so shocking? But yet we can have things like WAP, you know, so oh, yeah. priorities, well, people. Even, even if that would, like, why not just cut out that one line or, you know what I mean? Like, you just ban the whole episode. Yeah. So I, I mean, and not I'm, that, not that there's any, you know, logic behind canceling yeah. out that line in the first place, but I mean, you know yeah that's so crazy i thought that was i thought that was interesting i'm like wow they they're not allowed to say the world is crazy that's pretty accurate yeah. <laughs> that is a crazy thing to say um mm -hmm. yeah and and i'm going through that kind of things with my with my 11 year old right now with yeah. music um because you know he's he hears like i don't know I don't even know how it all started i think just being at school and doing different things like you you know you you just you hear the the current songs and stuff like that yeah. because like we don't really listen like i don't i hate the radio um i can't stand I the rate like i, I don't listen it. with the radio on i drive in silence <laughs> i usually have like a podcast on or something if i'm gonna listen to music mm. it's not gonna be on the radio it's gonna be on like spotify or something like that but yeah you yeah. know sometimes but yeah but he's he's like really into it right now um he's like really into the mm. radio right now and he's really into kind of like the top you know, it's like the same 18 songs over and over again. Um, oh gosh, and, yes. and he's just, he's into it. But so many of the songs that are popular right now and always, so many of them just have like garbage in them that like you might not even hear it. Cause like I'm not even always super paying attention. And then <laughs> it's like, wait, did, like they just said that. And so, yeah. And so I'll do that and I'll have a conversation with him. Like there was this one song that he was, I was like, I was like, dude, change this song. And he's like, why? There's nothing wrong with this song. And uh, and I was like, I was like, there's there's not. You're sure about that? He's like, yeah, no, he's singing about this. I'm like, okay, well, that's a metaphor. <laughs> it's like what he's singing about is a metaphor for how good sex with this girl is. And he's like, what? <laughs> like he had no, but he was arguing with me. So I'm like, all right, man, we're gonna go there. I'm gonna tell you exactly what this what this means. And then, so it was just, uh, you know, so he was like, oh, okay. And then he was like, okay, with, with me changing the station. But anyway, it's just yep. stuff like that. But, but I think that, I think what you're talking about with just like the honesty of those moments of, of looking for those opportunities and being proactive, this is something that you and I have talked about many, many times, um, that, that when you are proactive to help your kids to come to some realizations about what something means or what something is about before it's just presented to them and packaged to them in a particular way by society, then, you know, that's going to be for their good. And, and I feel like there's this kind of 
fine line there between, okay, at what point am I, you know, telling my kid things that he doesn't need, he or she doesn't need to hear yet, or doesn't need to know about yet, but kind of finding that balance as a parent of, I want to equip you, I want you to be ready, I also want to protect your innocence, but, you know, I just, I just wonder if, if innocence these days, <laughs> how much of the idea of innocence is just a lie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, and yeah. I think culture wants your kid to be innocent. They want parents to believe that because they know that if parents do, then parents aren't going to talk. And that's great because then they have a full platform to be able to disciple your kiddos exactly how they want. And that's what happened, uh, you know, with these psychologists when they were watching the Family Day episode of Sesame Street. They loved that it was um, that a homosexual family was presented in such an innocuous way because they said, well, when kids are this young, parents aren't talking. They haven't absorbed the biases. And kids Kids are so accepting, they'll just swallow it down and it won't be an issue. Whereas, sure, you know, sure, yeah. we as parents, we're called to, to train up our kiddos, to raise them, to interact with this stuff. And so it is a hard line, right? Because no one wants to have that discussion with their five-year-old or even eight. I mean, no, no, any age, it doesn't matter. It's, a, it's an awkward conversation, but it's part of that recognizing, okay, the world is already talking. So really what's decided is when am I going to get in the game? When am I going mm. to start talking? And the goal is to be either before or at least jump in and, ha and have equal say. And if you can help your kids to, to see truth, to recognize it, to understand what's actually being said, I mean, you, you're doing leaps and bounds because the yeah, culture isn't teaching yeah. them what is true. They're just teaching them to say and to think a certain way. And so that's yep. what... Um, with kids, it's so great to where if you just want to have conversations on critical thinking and, okay, wait, what are they actually saying? What does this mean for you as a person? What are they saying about sex? What are they saying about your identity? Um, these are huge questions that get your kids thinking to where when they hear those songs, when they hear their friends talking, they're actually, it, it'll spark something. It'll do this little trigger in their brain and they'll say, okay, wait, wait a second. I've, we've had this discussion before. And that's what's so great. I mean, if we want to raise kids who are counterculture, just teach them to think well. Uh, I mean, that's that'll be huge for them, especially when they leave the house. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's just being brave enough to recognize that, you know what, your little baby's in the battlefield, so let's help them be effective. Mm, yeah, 100%. You mentioned how culture isn't after truth. Like in general, culture is not teaching our kids to recognize and respond to truth. Um, and what's interesting is, is that I think the the younger generation that's coming up now is actually really interested in in truth i think it's coming yeah. that the pendulum has shifted has 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 swung so far that the the gen the generation that's coming up now is more interested in truth than the previous generation was because they're kind of i, I had a uh, the guest that i had on last week the way he put it was um, their BS meter is a lot more <laughs> developed than ours, or it's stronger than, or something like that. And, mm. and, it, and it's like, you know, they're, they're quicker to recognize when there's something inauthentic happening. Mm. And so I think that there, there's always been a deep seated desire and need for truth. Right. But right. we've tried to push that aside or pretend that it's not there for so long because we don't want to infringe upon the the beliefs or the thoughts or the values of other people and so we've as a culture bought into a lie for so long now that you know there there is no real actual objective truth right but it's 
it's this thing that culture and society doesn't offer that. And so it's just easier for kids to kind of go with the flow and to just respond the way that everybody else is responding. But what's interesting is, and as you were talking in, about um, Daniel a minute ago, this is this is what I what I was kind of getting out of that is that the world actually wants that. The, the, the world actually wants what Daniel has. The world wants what Shadmack, Shadmack, <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Event. The world wants what these what these dudes had. The, mm -hmm. the world, the the even culture and society back then, they were going, they were gonna, they were willing to put them to death. And then even Daniel, a few chapters later, willing to put him to death in the lions then because you're not conforming to our standard of doing things. And so you're a threat to what we're doing. And so we're gonna silence you. We're gonna shut you down. But when they stood their ground, and that was these are very extreme examples because these are life right. and death. Most most of our examples today are not in, in this country anywhere, are not gonna be life and death. It's gonna be dealing with peer pressure. It's gonna be, you know, people make fun of you or laugh at you because you're not doing what they do or whatever, which can feel like life or death for, you know, a teenager for sure. Right. But but <laughs> but it's it's those things where it's like when they stood their ground. In both scenarios, in both of those situations with the fiery furnace and the lions, then in both of those, when the outcome happened and they were still okay when it was over, then the response of the nation was like, oh, we need what these guys have. And it's interesting yeah. that even though society fights so hard to get you to believe one thing or another, it's interesting that if you'll actually stand your ground for long enough, people will actually start to ask you questions and be like, well, yeah. why do you do it that way? And and it seems like you've actually got joy and peace in your life and you don't have this to like fill those holes, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's the thing that what we're doing is countercultural or the lifestyle, the, the worldview that, that we're talking about, it's countercultural, but it's exactly what culture needs. It's exactly what society needs. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's what I was, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking about as you were talking through those no, you're right. And, and, you know, I've, I follow youth pastors and things on, on social media. So it's, it's really neat whenever any of them have a conference and they're doing these talks, uh, you I'll always see posts about, Oh, we had so many kids asking questions. They want to know, uh, they mm -hmm. want to know truth. Yeah. They don't want, that's what they want is they want the, they don't want the fluff. They want the meat. And that's, what's so awesome. Uh, and, and we, as a church, we can provide it. And that's, what's so great is when you start comparing Christianity to culture, I always think of Rock. I believe it was Rockefeller who who was asked, you know, when in with regards to money, how much is enough? And he goes, just a little bit more. And mm -hmm. that is how the world is, like with these worldly worldviews. You know, they're always promising salvation, but there's never any way to get there. You always need more to be validated, more to be affirmed. You need this and that to have the love, the affection. You're always going after just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But with Christ, yeah. that's all you need. Yeah. And so it's it's like you the thing that you're truly seeking is right there at your grasp. Um, all you yeah. have to do is just find Christ. And kids, like you said, they're they're BS meters. They're there. They want to know truth. I mean, and in a way, social media has sort of been a good thing in that regard because now they are exposed to different worldviews, different cultures, different truth statements, and they're recognizing. Well, wait a second. You know, we can't both be right. That sort of postmodern relativism just doesn't work out. And so they're wanting to understand and to grow, if if not necessarily to make their own decisions, but they, they want to better understand someone. They want to say, okay, but why do they believe this? What is the motivation for it? Um, and it's great. And we can we can provide that. So that's what's so encouraging about this uh, this coming generation, whether it's the younger 
millennials to Gen Z, they're wanting answers and they're going after it. So we just have to be bold enough to, to give it to them. And, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm loving seeing so many pastors out there who are actively discipling rather than entertaining their youth. It's just been a great shift yeah. in culture, yeah. in church culture. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about, because um, you talked about thinking critically or teaching our kids to think critically. What do you think about presenting different ideologies um, as, as a means of kind of exposing people to what's out there? Because I know that a lot of times the, the stance of many in the, in the church, just, you know, speaking historically even, that the stance of many in the church is like we only focus on what we believe and so it's almost like this this sheltering mm. mentality of I don't want to present something else to you. And I feel like that can get to the point where eventually somebody starts to become exposed to different opinions and ideologies and belief systems and value systems and things like that. And then it can kind of feel like I, you know, like I feel like I've had the wool pulled over my eyes for all these years. And, yeah. and so even what is is good and real and true can be looked at in their mind as something that's inauthentic because of the way that it was presented to them without any kind of, you know, uh, well, with, with bias, in other words. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, like I think about it with, with ideologies, um, you know, with uh, different, different ways that people think. And yeah, just wondering, like, how, how do you, how do you feel about that as far as not even, not even just with kids, but like with people in general, um, you know, is it good because the argument against it would be, yeah, but what if they look at it and then they think that it's a better option or they think that's a better idea and then they abandon what they believe or they abandon their faith gotcha. or whatever, because they've got this new thing that looks different or it was presented to them in a different way. So almost like if you were, if you were to consider like, um, yeah, I, I like listening to debates. Like if I mm. want to learn about a subject, if I want to learn more about, okay, um, why, why, how can we trust that the Bible is real, for example? Um, or how can we, you know, really believe that God created the world and we're not just all here by accident right and things like mm -hmm. this and so if i want to learn more about these topics one of the things that i really like to do is to listen to a debate where i'm hearing both sides or i'm hearing maybe even multiple arguments for and against and i feel like what can happen sometimes when you expose yourself to that kind of thing is you end up hearing something it's like oh you know what i never thought about that and that kind of shakes my faith a little bit, or it kind of shakes what I believe or thought I believed. And maybe I can't believe that anymore. There's all kinds of things that I find that we've been taught that, you know, as through, that's one of the things that doing this podcast has done for me. It's taken me a long time to frame this question, Amy, but bear with me <laughs> it, that doing this podcast has done. It's connected me with smart people um, that are, you know, very learned in a particular field or something like that. And so I've had opportunity to have some really, really cool conversations with uh, people in the body of Christ. And, and one of those one of the things that happen is like, oh, like I was I was always told this about God or about the Bible. And I always believed it. It turns out that's not actually entirely accurate. And there actually are some some arguments that 
kind of ha like have some weight to them that would refute what I believe to be true. It doesn't mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the you know that the Bible is no longer true or that you know God is no longer it doesn't it doesn't mean that. But maybe there's a particular area of thought that I had that actually is not necessarily founded in in reality. And so that's kind of the risk that you run, I think, when you start to try to expose people to, to different uh, viewpoints and ideologies and things like that. Overall, I think it's a net positive, uh, you know, but I, I do think that. Um, well, anyway, I want to know what you think about that, because, again, like what happens is and you you alluded to this, it's like. You know, you grow up in a Christian bubble and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got accepted into Berkeley or I got, ex <laughs> I got, I got, you know, like I got accepted into just, you know, some secular university and they're mm -hmm. going to teach me philosophy starting my first day on campus. And the intent a lot of times is to get me to reject God and to stop mm -hmm. believing what I've been taught to believe. That's, that's often the, the agenda. It's to say like, I want you to come out of this class and just like reject those beliefs that you have because they're antiquated and mm. you know whatever i want you to think more more like me because it's ultimately like i think that that's going to be more productive to society so anyway long uh long uh long build up there but just um you know how do you feel about just that whole thing and maybe even the tension between um you know exposing people to different points of view that that would even go uh against what what we believe or what we would like to instill in our children and in people in general. Um, you know, how do you feel about that, that kind of tension there? And what do you think ultimately is a good way to uh, look at it? Yeah. And, and I totally understand it, right? Because especially as a parent and, and a believer, you know, we, we want our kiddos to accept Christ, but sometimes that can, that can motivate us to be a little overzealous in the opposite end of the spectrum. We start putting our kiddos in a Christian bubble and we start thinking of ourselves as the Holy Spirit. And so this is problematic for several reasons. Uh, for one, bubbles don't work. They always pop. And um, if we don't equip our children how to interact with the world or at least understand it, they, they can be pulled away. And so, um, or they can at least just be thrown for a loop because again, or feel this disenchantment of, oh man, maybe mom and dad weren't genuine with me. Um, it, and it's still active. Uh, gosh, even, even up uh, within the past 10 years, you know, I had wanted to teach an apologetics class at a Christian co-op and uh, the parents wanted it, but the leadership said no, because uh, they said that some of the parents were concerned about their kids hearing other ideas and they didn't want their kiddos to right. wander away. Yeah. So we can't inter introduce yeah. those ideas. Uh, the problem is, is the world's going to, you know, spoiler alert, they're going to leave your house eventually or bunker, whichever you have, and uh, they're going to interact with the world. So we, they have to know ahead of time what's out there. And so I'm of the approach of, no, we, we need to be engaging with culture because for one, that's charitable. It also helps us be more effective witnesses. Um, we're called to be in Rome. We're called to be in the world, but not of it. So they have to know what's there. And so looking at other worldviews um, isn't, isn't problematic. I, I understand it can feel threatening because again, you know, parents are, well, what if they choose something? You know what? That is between them and God. That is their responsibility. We as parents are to raise our children to be competent before the Lord, not to convert them. That's not our role. Here are the reasons why we believe here what other worldviews say. And we are careful to present each side as charitably as possible. We'll say, okay, this is uh, what they believe, why they believe it. Um, here are some problems, though. Uh, here are challenges that Christianity face. Here's how these are answered. 
because we want our children to be informed. Not, not only because you know they're, they're going to go out in the world, but they're going to have friends too, and they need to know how to interact. And everybody's had that that friend or know of that kid. My, my son yeah. actually had one in his class last year that says, oh, if you do that, you're going to hell. They're like, you're the, the going the hell kid. You know, that's you don't want your kiddo to be that kid. Um, you want them to be able to be like, oh, okay, I see why you believe that. Or, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. Um, because that fosters friendships and through friendships come witnessing. So yeah, I am a, I'm a huge fan of introducing other worldviews to your kiddos. That's one thing that's great about Mama Bear. Um, Lindsay Medenwalt does a great worldview series uh, to where you can understand the basics for yourself, have discussions with your kiddos so that they know what other people believe. And again, just, you know, it's even introduce challenges to Christianity as well. It's helpful because your kids are going to hear them. And if they already know, okay, wait, I've already heard a little bit of this from mom and dad first. Now I've got somebody I can go back to and ask uh, information for them. And then two, showing them different books and things that are out there. One thing that's great is we can teach our kids to think critically, but we also need to teach our kiddos that research takes patience. I mean, our social mm -hmm. media, it's okay, I'm just going to blast this tweet out and all of a sudden it's truth, you know, it's written in stone. Um, but true research and true understanding of a person's perspective takes time. And that is one thing that that we need to foster that patience, that spiritual gift of uh, within our kiddos to go and research and do um, and, and look into the background of information well. So yeah, I, am, I think those sorts of views of keeping things away from the church body or young kiddos is fear-based. Um, it's also not putting a whole lot of faith in God too. Because if God is truth, then you know what? Introduce other other worldviews. Let kiddos see. Teach them to discern truth well. Because even if they walk out of your house and they're not believers, as long as they can recognize truth, they're going to be running into Jesus every single time. And so that's what wow. we want for our kiddos. Yes. Um, so yes, introduce it. Tell them that it's not scary because you want to make sure that your kids see you as someone they can go to to ask questions. And it's, it's going to spill over. I know we shared this in other podcasts that you know, once your kids, you've been pouring into your kids, they're going to pour into their friends and word's going to get around that. Oh man, where, where did you hear that? Oh, your mom told you that? Okay. Cause I mean, right. You know, middle school mom told me that's, that's not such a crazy mm -hmm. thing to say. And what'll end up happening is the, uh, their friends will come and be like, Hey, let me ask you a question. I know that we can, we can have this discussion and, uh, and you know, it's fair game for any question. You're not going to freak out or get nervous. It's, Oh, Hey, here, let's look at this. And that's our goal is to be this form of, of information, this wealth of information where we can direct our kiddos, where we can be vulnerable with our kiddos, um, where we can look at different worldviews. And so that way they keep coming back and say, okay, let's look at this. And that's, that's what we should strive for in parenting. Great. Yeah, I, I love what you said there about it being not wanting to take an approach that's fear based. And yeah, so often I, I think that those those decisions that we make like this, like these kinds of decisions that you're talking about, if our focus is on, you know, what we need to do to uh, to 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 shield or to shelter or whatever, so often. Uh, of course, there's balance to it, right? But right. but so often those decisions that we make are made out of fear, and we do mm -hmm. we can make the decisions like that out of fear, which at the end of the day is uh, it's kind of it's a it's a lack of confidence in God's ability to direct their lives, you know. Yeah. And so I think that that's um, that's that's really, really good. I'm with you. I'm on board. I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you, you that's one thing it. like 
when you read Ephesians 6, right, it talks about uh, our spiritual armor. And it doesn't say these are only given to parents who are 30 and above. You know, it's given to all believers. So if you've got a little one who's seven, who's walked through the baptismal, guess what? They Mm. need arms training. And so that's that's what we need to be doing is teaching our kiddos. And there are situations and topics that um, are are not appropriate for that age level. I mean, you know your kiddo best. You know their maturity level. Um, and there, of course, you know, there's kids are super great about asking the most uh, in-depth or possibly embarrassing questions at like the most ob- worst times possible. Like, don't be afraid as a parent to put a pin in a conversation and say, oh, you know what, Let's, I need to look into this more or, you know what, this conversation is, is just a little heavy. Um, if you look at ways to, I, I think almost all topics can convey a message um, that's appropriate to each and every every age level, but sometimes you need to gain a little knowledge. So don't be afraid to put a pin in a conversation, say, this is a great question. Maybe we're going to get back to it. I need to look into this here or this, you know, we're, we're at grandma's for Thanksgiving. Probably not the greatest time to have this conversation, but on the ride home, you know, we can, we can nail this sucker down. So, um, so yeah, it's just, we need to use our wisdom as parents to uh, look at our child's maturity level, the timing, and then have conversations when it's spirit led, because um, I know we're kind of on the same level here is if if your kiddo has the ability to ask the question, then they deserve an answer. They're ready for an answer. You may have to tailor it, but if they can ask the question, then they need the answer. That's good. If they can ask the question, they, they're, they're ready for the, that's good. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes, uh, my, my wife and I, will we'll, we'll sometimes shock our kids <laughs> with some yeah. of the things that we're just, op- like we're trying to, we're trying to foster a, just a culture of openness where yeah. I want them to feel like they can talk and they can ask questions and where they're not mm-hmm. um, too like shy. Because I know as, for me as a kid, like I was way too, I was way too, like I didn't want my parents to have any idea that I even knew what <laughs> these like what sex what like I didn't want them to know that I even right. knew about that mm-hmm. um, because it was in my mind it was just something that was wrong and dirty mm-hmm. and like whatever and you know whatever and so you know, I don't I don't want that like I don't want there to be condemnation around these kinds of subjects for my kids and so <laughs> it was funny by my um, seven-year-old I, I said he said something he, he, I, I can't even remember what it was, but it was just funny because he said something mm-hmm. that made me think like, oh, does he know what that means? And so I, I brought it up to him and it turned out after we had a conversation, he didn't even, even really uh, know what, what it was that he was talking about. He was thinking about something totally different <laughs> anyway, but, but it was just funny because, because he, he said something and I was like, um, I was like, Hey man, do you want me to explain to you? about about what about this or whatever it was and he was like please don't please yes (laughs) and he's like seven and so it just you know it made me realize you know like we probably do say some things sometimes that are just kind of like shock you know shocking to them to hear i can't believe mom said that or dad said that and so he knows that and Mm -hmm. so it was just funny the way that it came out he's like he's like he's like he's like please don't i'm not ready for that (laughs) oh my gosh no and i've had similar situations with uh my kids so you know my oldest is 14 going on 15 here uh in like three weeks and so you know some of the music choices especially when i'm when i'm hauling him and his buddies they'll be like picking songs and his friends they, they don't quite know you know, like, oh, this is this is Miss Amy. Probably shouldn't pick this one song, or I forgot about this one verse. And I'll pause it. And I'll be like, okay, guess what we get to discuss? And they're all just like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, nope, you're trapped in a car for 20 minutes. You know, <laughs> this is what you get. And uh, and it's great. Um, 
I think it's actually a good thing when something will happen or, or a word or something will come on the screen and your kids are like, I already know, please don't discuss it. Yes. It's like, yes, yep. this is a parenting win because my kids know, they recognize what's going on. They know mom uh, or dad has no problem bringing it up. That's a good thing. Um, mm. but, to, but to even piggyback on that, it doesn't mean that if you have these great conversations that, they're, that your kids aren't going to hide stuff. I mean, sure. people are people, right? They're going to try and be sneaky. They're going to try and hide things. Um, it's just when those secrets come about, because very often they will. That's one thing I, I pray over my kiddos, and this is probably a bad thing. I'm like, uh, Lord, you know, help them, um, help them make good decisions. But if they don't, help them be dumb enough to get caught. Um, so that way, I can I can find out about it. We can we can address it as parents, and um, and. That that's part of being that that uh, that good mom and good dad is to be able to say, okay, you know, I'm going to bring up the conversations. If something slips under my radar, but we end, uh, we find out about it later, you know what? We're going to address it then too. Not going to freak out, but we're going to be real. I mean, that's just good parenting. Yes, yes. Well, um, Amy, this has been this has been cool. I, this is not what at all what we planned on talking about today. I know. <laughs> we actually had a direction, which we don't normally we don't always have a direction when we get together to have a discussion. But today we did, and we didn't even. And then we totally deviated, it. which is so yeah. appropriate. It's like ADD podcasting. Yeah. We're like, oh no, we're going down this rod, uh, rabbit yeah. trail. Yeah, we'll come. We'll come back. We'll come back to it. Um, yeah. in a future episode, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I do appreciate you and your time. Um, what what is the you said the the book that's in the works right now at Mama Bear is a book that's a, a book of prayers. What is it focused on? Is it specific? Um, are, are they prayers for a specific uh, topic or subject? Or They're I don't know be... how much you can share with me, but. Yeah, so it's still in the works, so I can't give away all the secrets, but it's basically a book of prayers on different subjects to be able to to pray over your kiddos. So there's prayer specific for praying over your daughters, praying over your sons, uh, acting with this subject or this challenge that's going on. So it's yeah. prayer specific, but there's going to be all different sorts of topics and different things that you can pray over your kiddos. So it's just it should be it should be great. There, you know, we've got uh, our apologetics books are great for the intellectuals, but you've also got the prayer warriors out there. And this book is definitely going to be for them. Really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you if you know what, um, what holiday it is today, because it's a holiday today. It's always a holiday, Amy. That's it's the thing. always, <laughs> I know there's no Even shortage. So it's so true. Let's see. What is it? I think my husband's birthday is like Reese's pieces day or something. <laughs> what? I know it's it's like the weirdest thing. Okay, no, there's something on my phone. There, there's actually Ashura. there's actually there's actually several national days. So the reason I'm bringing this up is um, for anybody who doesn't know, you were here on Columbus Day, and it started this joke, and uh, <laughs> and then we tried to get together for Flag Day, but it didn't work out. Uh, but anyway, um, so it's National Dollar Day. Okay, I think I have a dollar. The, <laughs> well, then. It says, uh, how do you observe National Dollar Day? And uh, depending on your preference, you either spend or save a dollar. So, um, you know, just be crazy. Just just be crazy with it. So but, when I go shopping, I can tell my husband it's your fault. Can you hear me? Yep. There you are. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, yeah, like the power went out for like a half a second. And then everything went crazy. Perfect. Um, I'm all like blurry now too. 
but anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah I, so my I face froze earlier and it like the way it froze i looked uh, completely wasted i was like awesome this is exactly how i want my face to freeze the, doesn't doesn't it get like super i always feel like super awkward when that happens because I, I i feel like i'm talking but then i'm in my head because i'm wondering like what you know is this even can they still hear me but like i yes. want to keep talking through it in case it's still going and so it's like, you know, it's just, it just awkward because I always end up getting in my head because I'm thinking like, I don't know if they can hear this or not. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking like, what do I look like? Do I just look ridiculous? And then, <laughs> and then it's all that. So, yeah. yeah. No, same I thing. I'm like Ricky it, Bobby. I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm just like, we froze. What's happening? The other thing I keep doing, have you ever done this? Have you ever like taken a screenshot and then you're looking at the screenshot, like you're looking at a, a picture in your phone, not realizing or not paying attention that it's a screenshot and then you think that your battery is about to die because <laughs> because it's like the screenshot shows that you've got like five percent battery because that's when you took the picture but oh, it's funny. it's showing you this <laughs> i've mm -hmm. i've uh uh because i i took some i took some screenshots here of the holidays on my phone so i could bring them up and my bet my phone was at 10 percent at the time and i've done it like several times i'm like oh shoot i gotta plug my phone in I'm like oh wait no i don't anyway Oh, that's funny. No, no, the worst is, and it was a running joke because we would do these podcasts and Lindsay Menwalt, she's really great about doing screenshots while we're talking, but she would never give any heads up. And so it was so funny because every screenshot she would take, there'd be like four of us on there because we were doing our quality quarantine videos and everyone would have like this cute smile, but then my face would be like, like I'd be in mid like talk and I'm just like, awesome. Yes. Please put this on social media. This is perfect. That's, what, that's, that's the default of, of my face. Like that's what my face does. It's just my face. If you take a still frame of my face at yes. any point, it's going to be like, like yeah, really, it's just like totally super crazy. unattractive. It's yeah. No, that is just my face. So yep. I hate so. when you do like a Instagram post, like an IGTV post and you have to mm -hmm. choose a cover like a cover oh. picture because i always have the same problem because it's like these are your options <laughs> and you're <laughs> and like oh terrible it's like they're horrible it's i'm like, so glad jesus loves me because <laughs> i look like a foot right now <laughs> exactly oh my god but gosh. yeah so national dollar day i let me, i just wanted to um supposedly it commemorates the day congress established the u.s monetary system back in oh. 1786 well so that must have, i think that was that um un, was that alexander hamilton um was that you're, uh you're asking the have, wrong person <laughs> have, you, have you seen hamilton i play? haven't no i haven't i need to though because everybody says it's amazing it's the best thing i've ever seen in my whole life really i don't i mean i don't know if that's true or not um <laughs> but it's it's amazing it's it's just i think it's fantastic i love it i and see i like, like musical and things I've, I've slowed my husband on board um and so so yeah i haven't seen it though but it looked awesome and i think because my parents have disney plus and and everything so they gave us our our password so we steal disney um i'm confession i'm a sinner um <laughs> I, I, plus. <laughs> I know i'm totally getting out of hand here by swiping disney movies um and uh, and yeah so i think it's on there and i've been meaning I've, i'm meaning to watch it so um i need to just sit up one one night and do it i think i think my my uh 12 year old will watch it with me because he's a huge history buff um yeah. but uh the other two will probably flake out unless there's snacks it does it does have some it, it does have some colorful language mm. um and there is 
there are there are some allusions to you know some sexual things and stuff like that right. um here and there but um because like one of the things that happened with with hamilton is that just you know historically is that he um he got in trouble i, I think the reason he he never got elected president is uh because he had gotten into an affair mm. um with uh you know a married woman and you know whatever but it was like yeah anyway i don't want to give give stuff away because there's part of that in this in the story like yeah so anyway that's um there's that that at that element of it and so there, there yeah. is some stuff that's a little bit like yeah but um yeah i'm kind of i kind of became a <clears throat> i don't know i feel like I feel like there there was this thing like I could never admit that I liked the sound of music. Like I could never admit certain things because like I was I was a boy and, and it was like like no, yeah, for, your man card was in question. Yeah, no, for sure. And so I would never tell my friends that I watched the sound of music or like I don't know what were some other musicals from from back in the day, but stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I always felt like I had to just like pretend that I that I didn't think those things were actually kind of fun. Uh, mm -hmm. But when I saw Hamilton, it was just so cool because it's just, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I and I ended up like, I think I've I've got several of the songs memorized because <laughs> I've awesome. seen it so many times. Yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, so um, National Dollar Day. It's also eh, this one's not that cool to me, but National Frozen Custard Day is also recognized mm -hmm. on August eighth. So if you eat ice cream today, you're un-American. It has to be custard. It has to be custard. Where in the heck are you going to get custard? You know the custard? difference between Texas. ice cream and custard? Political stance? I think I think custard. <laughs> uh, I think custard has egg in it. Oh, okay, that makes I think, sense. I think everything else is pretty much the same, and it has egg yeah. in it. Okay. So anyway, there's that. Um, I don't know if anybody does anything special. Like in terms of maybe you can find a place where they'll give you like a free custard or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, because then that, that's not the same as frozen yogurt then. So it's like all the frozen yogurt places. It's like they don't count either. So, hmm. Yeah, no, you can't. Don't have yogurt today, people. No, it's okay. on America. Um, August 8th, by the way, if you in case you're watching this later, August 8th is today. So um, National Happiness Happens Day. National Happiness Happens okay. Day. So I'm kind of on board okay. with that one. I, um, yeah. it's a, I guess it's a day to commemorate just like focusing on being happy. Um, that good so things like, do happen. So you celebrate the expression of happiness. And so I think mm. today you're supposed to highlight happy moments and try to, I don't know, not so much the negative ones. So I like that. You know, Especially today with, with victimhood that. being such, oh gosh, it's everywhere. So I like I like the happiness one. It's National CBD Day, which is a newer thing. Um, oh, like the CBD. I, th I think there are some people who would say that's every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every day is four twenty. Um, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then the last one, which is definitely my favorite, it's um, National. I think it's National. I think it's National Holiday. Oh, I just lost it. Where'd it go? It is sneak some zucchini into your neighbor's porch day. I feel like that should be onto, not into. How do you? Yeah, you it would be onto. In the porch or on the porch? You, you have go to on chisel the porch. a hole. But that's what it on says. Sneak, sneak some zucchini into your neighbor's porch day 
is August 8th and it offers gardeners a way to rid themselves of extra produce. Oh. So this okay. day offers a way to rid their garden of an overproducing squash plant. I guess that's a mm. problem. I don't know. Um, but but apparently maybe I guess squash grows a lot in August. Right? Yeah. That's well, and, probably, and I know, yeah, there. the the summer squashes, they can't, gosh, here in Texas is way too hot. It bakes the vine and it just doesn't grow because I've tried to grow that. But yeah, that would you would definitely want to explain that to your neighbor, I think. Cause if I walked out on my porch and I just saw a zucchini on the mat, I'm like, who's screwing with me? What in the heck is this zucchini doing here? Like, are they trying to do that thing where they like scare the cat with the uh right. the, the, the cucumber? The, the, I would imagine it works with the zucchini too. Because you would think the same thing. I don't see the um, cat being like, oh, it's a zucchini, sorry. <laughs> Not freaking yeah, me so out. It seems like a good thing though. I mean, I'd be I'd be on board for that, but yeah. But if you don't know, you're just like, "What is this?" And you would never probably eat a random vegetable. Oh, actually, zucchini is a fruit. I found out it's not what? a vegetable. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Because it grows I'm on a still... vine. Because it. How do they grow? Because no, um, it's like a vine. So I think it must have to do more so like with the the seeds, the way the seeds are. I forget. It sounds you, like witchcraft to me. How do you <laughs> I don't think I can get my head around calling a zucchini a fruit though. Mm. Like a tomato to me seems more like a vegetable, but it's a fruit. Yeah, that's a zucchini the seems more like like a vegetable than a tomato does. Right. Um you just don't see a whole lot of fruits that are green. And so and and then yeah, the zucchini, it's it's not sweet at all. So to me, I always correlate fruit with sweetness. Um, right. So, yeah. yeah, man, I'm gonna mess with my kids now. I'm gonna be like, you know, zucchini's a fruit. <laughs> Just pack a zucchini yeah, in their like, lunch for school. It has. Wait. Not only does it have and come from seeds, it grows on the flowering plant of the zucchini. The the, the flowering parts of the zucchini plant. So yeah, I guess that's why they classify it a fruit. See, this is why I like doing podcasts with you, Duke, because I learn all sorts of like it's random stuff. <laughs> very, very, uh, you know, very. We're doing great work for the kingdom. Very yes, this is this is very very essential. So if you happen to find a uh, random zucchini on your porch today, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like you'd want to do like a basket of zucchini, though, not like just one random zucchini on the yeah. ground. Or at no, least like I a bow. Like you put a bow around it? Yeah, you know, make or it like seem a, like it's a, a gift. Note? Like this is intentional. I'm not pranking you with random yeah. fruit veg. <laughs> fruit veg. Uh, yeah. So which one of those holidays do you think you're most likely to, to celebrate today, Amy? Uh, you know, I like the option to go shopping. So that's fun. I don't need much encouragement <laughs> there. <laughs> I'm going to spend a dollar. That's the harder part, right? Finding you know something that's like only a dollar. Celebrate I feel like you should celebrate Dollar Day by watching Hamilton. Oh, you know what? Great. I will save a dollar and then watch Hamilton to understand the history. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. That, then, this is going to be my day. And then, and then spend the dollar tomorrow. I think you yeah. only have to save it for one day. I don't know if you have to. I don't know if it counts. I don't know. It's yeah, there's no time limit. So, Or you could just like yeah. make yourself be happy by putting a bunch of random zucchinis on your neighbor's front porch and just seeing how they react like that make me happy yeah yeah that's good yeah. i feel like i'm actually going to take the happiness 
thing to heart today and try to uh, focus on on try to try to do that. I'm going to try to focus on the things that 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 make me happy. So just like maybe trying to just be a little bit more positive today. I feel like that's yeah. a good uh, that's a good takeaway from that. Yeah. yeah, you've got an awesome adventure ahead of you and your family, and I'm so excited that you're coming to Texas because you're closer. So that'll be great. It's gonna be crazy. It is, and you're moving when it's hot, so that's fun. You're gonna get a tan yeah. while you move. Yeah, you're in the Dallas area. Yeah, north of Dallas. Correct. I ask you yep. that every time. Right. I know it's okay. Um, I just, I just want to remember. Yeah, I'm definitely. I've got family in Dallas now, so I'm gonna be um up there sometimes. Anyway, cool. Oh, so, and September, Corpus Christi, if you and the fam want to take a beach trip, uh, doing a conference down there. It's the Unapologetic Conference. Uh, Lee Strobel and Mark Middleberg are going to be there. Oh, and sweet. then I, I'll be there, too. So, um, so yeah, if you want an excuse to do a beach That's trip. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. September? Yeah, it's like um, crud. September 16th, I think. Something like that. I should really I've know what I'm going I've, down I've, there. I feel like I haven't said crud since I was like... 10 years old <laughs> oh man when i was 10 i've heard that word in a million years when okay so when i was 10 sort of a bad word but kind of not uh i had never heard the word crap before never heard it before right um and we were at a we were at um this condo that had this water slide and so i heard this word and i thought it was like the most funny word ever and so every time i would go down the water slide that's what i would yell going down this water slide because it echoed and i'm like oh my gosh i learned this cool new word and yeah, I'm, I'm sure the lifeguard was like, oh, my gosh, this girl is so obnoxious. But I was just, yeah, yeah never knew That's that awesome. word before. I feel, I feel like I said it as a kid because I wasn't allowed to say crap. Mm. So I would say crud. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't supposed to either, but I thought if I was in the water slide, like, I was safe. Like, mom couldn't whip a shoe at me from there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, my friend. Um, I was just thinking about... We, we, um, a few episodes back, I had a friend on and we were talking about words that are obsolete, that are no longer used in the English language. Mm. And one of the words that we discovered that's not really, it's not used anymore is the word crapulous. Crapulous. So I was just thinking about that. <laughs> and it's, um, I'm trying to remember what it means. I, I was trying to look it up real quick. Um, intemperance, especially, especially in eating or drink. Okay. So like when you get, ex when you get sick from excessive indulgence, in liquor but i think it could be related it could be used for overeating as well mm. so you get you know you, you say you're feeling crapulous because yeah. you drank too much or ate too much or, or the chinese like food hits you really sense. fast yeah oh my gosh i will not <laughs> well, be sharing that, that one with my kids yeah. <laughs> yeah. great way to finish oh i immediately shared it with my kids see that did you that's see i'm just like no i've got three boys in the house and like every time we go to a buffet with the in-laws or something that's all they're gonna say are you feeling crapulous today no yeah my son oh. did that like within uh, he it was actually a couple days later it wasn't right away i was surprised that it stuck in his mind i guess i shouldn't be surprised that it stuck in his mind no but i was like he's oh, 11 <laughs> I, I ate too much and he's like are you feeling crapulous <laughs> I was like, he's like, you can't get mad, dad. It's appropriate. Like, that deserves a fist bump, bro. <laughs> I know. Right? I just look They're... at it as a, it's education. It's yes. A, <laughs> it's education. That, that's so funny. There've been times too, where our kids have, have done stuff that it's like, we probably should. Oh, what was it? Oh, it was my, my son. Um, and it wasn't like anything bad, but the cat had like pounced him and made him knock something over. And he goes, you big, stupid muggle. 
And I was Muggle. just like, I pro I probably should have yelled at him for like yelling at the cat and calling him stupid or, you know, because he was younger at that age and we, we shouldn't use that word. But the fact that he was like, you big stupid muggle to our cat. I'm just like, dude, high five. That's awesome. Muggle. <laughs> he called him a muggle. That so. could have been so much worse. So I know. Yeah, I know. Yep. Yeah, could have been. Muggle, muggle is yeah. good. I will take muggle. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, my friend, thank you again uh, for for joining me. Uh, I'll share the links for Mama Bear Apologetics um, in the show notes. Great. Um, anything else to add before we uh, part ways? No, no. Just uh, keep me posting on your family. I'm so excited for you guys. And if there's Absolutely. anything I can do and, yeah, you know, crazy tech stuff lately. But, yeah, if you ever want to do another podcast, uh, I'm always on board. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, definitely, definitely. We definitely will. Yeah. All right. Have a good one. You too. See ya. Thanks, everybody. Bye.